Audrey and Terry and I, as you know, went on a trip to San Diego for a few days, and they were wonderful traveling partners. Um, we had a few, a few little hurdles to get over in the conference itself. It was, there were about 3,000 people there. It was packed to the gills, so there was no, uh, you know, extra seating. There were people standing in the back both days, and there was supposed to be, it was supposed to start at 10 in the morning, and they changed it to start at 8 in the morning, which meant, you know, we have to get up like 5.30 to get ready to go and stay up late to, you know, get ready for the next day, and we were exhausted when it was over, and the first day we had almost no food. They had lined up food trucks to come, three different food trucks, to be on site, and people would just go up and buy whatever they wanted, and some snafu happened, and there was only one food truck for 3,000 people on day one, and that food truck was chicken and waffles. <laughs> they ran out of chicken, they ran out of everything on their menu except a little bit of bacon and waffles, and we were the lucky ones because we got bacon and waffles for lunch, or we would have had nothing. By dinner time, people were starving and leaving early to go get something to eat. But we got to go to a baptismal service, which it was very, very cold. It was about, for San Diego, I, probably 52. I, I think I heard 52. And the wind was blowing, and it was damp and cold, so nobody volunteered to get into the stainless steel tub that was filled with hose water to get baptized in. Nobody, nobody did. But the prayer time and the me uh, music time was beautiful. And the lady, the reason I went was because someone that I trust and like was there and she prayed for every single person who was at this uh, gathering in the evening uh, that night. And she said to me, The Lord is calling you into deeper walk in the spirit in order to minister. And I just felt very humbled by that and very appreciative of the uh, message that she gave to me. So I, I, I was very blessed and I know Terry and Audrey were also. Now on day two, they had a couple of food trucks so there was a little bit more, but the chicken and waffle guy didn't show up. He's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> he didn't come back. <laughs> but it was rejuvenating, and it was fun, and I enjoyed getting away. This morning, if you would turn to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to read just a few scriptures this morning, and I have a very short message, but then we're going to do some some singing, which we've already done, and I love that song, Holy Are You, Lord. Hear the sound of worship as it's going around the throne of God, and the, it, the Bible says it sounds like many waters. I love water, and I just can't wait to be a part because the redeemed will be there. Amen. So Matthew 13 
verses 24 through 30. The Lord put this on my heart. Let me just say before we read. So Matthew 13, 24 through 30. Another parable put he forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and then went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? Then where did the tares come from? And he said unto them, An enemy has done this. And the servants said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Father, I ask you this morning to enable us to hear your word with clarity and pointedness of heart, O oh God, that we would absorb and understand your word. For you said it was simple to understand. And I ask this and the anointing of the Holy Spirit now in your precious name. Amen. Let them grow together until the harvest. Today I feel very strongly. Usually I am of a mind that I need to understand the background, the history, the whys, how did we get here, where we're, wherever it is we're reading. Not today. We're going to not do background. We're not doing middle ground. We're going to get straight to the point. And I believe that the point is this. The wheat is the church. It's us. It's the remnant of God. The ones who have stuck around through thick and thin and stayed true to the Lord. And the tares are the world. And we know that in the world there is evil. We want the evil, the tares, the weeds, the thorns and the thistles sown by the very enemy of Jesus Christ and therefore our nemesis also to be gathered up done away with right now. Is that not the case? Right now. It's human nature to want to remove the bad, to protect the good. But Jesus said no. You must all grow together side by side during the all-important developmental stages of producing the fruit. This implies that the premature removal of the tares or the evil that is among us 
would do harm to the good. How is this even possible? When we both heard the good and the bad, we both heard the same word of God sown by the sower, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, through the Holy Spirit, the wheat came up as a result of this word having been sown. The field is our hearts, of course, and it produced the good fruit just as it was intended to produce. Nothing wrong with the soil, nothing wrong with the seed, nothing wrong with our heart. But Jesus knew some things about sowing and reaping. He knew that the crowding and the chafing would do us good because it forced us to pray. He knew that it would stretch our faith to believe even when we couldn't see an answer. He knew that our past victories would build our future confidences to trust God even more. But we know this. If you put a piece of bad fruit in a fruit bowl and it begins to rot, what's going to happen? It's going to spoil the whole bowl of fruit, isn't it? I have probably 50 or 60 lemons left off of my tree that are in my refrigerator in cold storage and every few days I open those drawers and I look carefully through those lemons because they have very thin skin and they, the skin will rot quickly. And if I see one that has a little bit of damage on the skin, I throw it out because it will rot the rest of the fruit. This parable says that it was while men slept, spiritual sleep, not discerning who was among them, that the tares were able to be sown with the good seed. So what is our protection from the very real influence and the scariness of the evil tares? I believe it is this. Nothing we don't know already, but definitely worth saying again. It is the pre-existence, the already there before any damage is done, presence of God, the Holy Spirit of God, and the very word itself, which must continually be sown in our hearts. If you're confused about what's going on, you want to know the real truth? Read the word. Psalm 119, 130 says, The entrance of thy words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And its power alone, the word of God alone, will bring light, knowledge, and understanding on what's going on around us. It's why we must know the Word of God to survive being shoulder to shoulder with the tares. For as we hear the purity of this Word, 
and we exercise our faith in believing what the Word says, and we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, He does the work of developing and revealing the good fruit in us and exposing the bad fruit in the tares so that we can recognize the difference. It was while they were sleeping that the tares were sown. I read that in Asian countries in that day, particularly in India, they used a real dangerous tear, a grain that looked just like wheat, and they used them against their enemies. When it was fully grown and ripe, it was apparent that it wasn't good fruit, but you had to wait until it was grown and fully ripe to see the difference. It, was, it had long strips of ears, as the Bible refers to it, or uh, pieces of wheat that were long, and inside were buried long black seeds that were poisonous. They would kill the eater of them, and they would sow it in their enemy's field, in hopes of killing them. Jesus said, I will tell the reapers at the time of the harvest, first go gather the tares and bundle them to be burnt. He already has their end settled, but he said of the precious fruit, the precious wheat, those that have kept my word in their hearts and that have heard my Father's voice, set them apart in a safe place in my barns. Not having the presence of God in the person of the Holy Spirit and holding the very alive word of God in us could literally prove deadly. Our enemy Satan goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Jesus had no doubt that the good seed that was sown, the word of God was fully capable, think about that, fully capable of keeping the wheat whole and safe until the harvest. Praise the Lord for that. So while we endure here, this hardship of having to live and work among the tares, even those who might seek to kill us, the presence of God, the word of God, will keep our hearts and minds. In other of the Gospels, Jesus said that while you're living and working together, if you have my light in you, they will see it. But he also knew it would be very hard for us to live among the tares because he did it and they killed him. But the power of that word that was sown in him, the very living son of God, was powerful enough to resurrect him from the dead and so emerged the eternal victor over death, hell, 
and the grave. The Lord put a song on my heart. It's too low and too high for me, so I, Audrey volunteered to help me and I took her up on it. It's called The Goodness of God. You may have heard it, I'm sure you have if you listen to Christian music.
Thank you.
like you've lived in his goodness all your life? I do. Such a beautiful song. All my life he's been faithful. just me and have Audrey lead it. It'll be beautiful. Follow us 